Hey, you're listening to the C3 Network Podcast with Dan Holland. Our mission is to create a network of micro churches that are finding, teaching, and equipping people to be on mission. Our hope is that this encourages you. Be sure to leave us a review so you can help us share our message with more people who need to hear it. And now, Dan Holland. Welcome back. You've probably picked up that some of the most often quoted Bible verses are from the book of Philippians. And this week, it's no different. In chapter 4, we read one of the most famous verses, verse 13. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Let's recap. Paul found joy in his everyday circumstances because with his mind, he was focused on Christ, submitted to Christ, and desired to know Christ. This week, he declares, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Not, I can do some things or a few things, but I can do everything. This truth, Paul embraced that allowed him to find joy in some of the hardest of circumstances. Maybe you're going through hardship, a difficult season. Let's try this. I'd like for you to say this with me out loud. If you're not uncomfortable, say this with me. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Good job, let's say it again. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. It's unbelievable. Paul was able to find joy in his daily circumstances because of his mindset. And it can be true for you too. I call this the secure mindset. Paul was secure, but not because he ignored circumstances. Instead, he put circumstances into proper perspective. What he didn't do is to compare his circumstances with someone else's. He didn't compare his life to someone else's life. Paul's mind was focused on what God was doing in his life. He was always comparing his circumstances, the behavior of others, and the value of things with what God was doing. And he made the declaration, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Can you make that same declaration? That declaration wasn't made in a vacuum, you know. He wasn't in a church service. He wasn't sitting on a million bucks. Then what was the reason for his joy? It was all due to his mindset. He was living according to his position and not his condition. That can be true for you too. Except there's a robber set to steal your joy. What's his name? Let's find out. Chapter 4 is interesting because we learned that there was more to the story. It wasn't all fun and games back at the ranch. The people in Philippi were generous, and at the same time, there was conflict. There were two leading women in the church at Philippi who were not getting along, Yodia and Syntyche. We're going to read the story, Philippians chapter 4, verse, uh, starting with verse 1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, My joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, 
present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. To wrap up our conversation about mindset, let's talk about a huge robber of joy. In fact, I'd put money that this joy robber is present in your home at your work. We've already seen that difficult circumstances and people and things can rob us of joy. But this one is sneaky. Why? Because instead of threatening to steal your joy, this robber promises to help you hold on to your joy. He promises to help you do something about whatever concern you have. When it came to stuff, to things, to successes and failures, to personal achievements, Paul's mindset was, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. His mindset was, I will do everything without grumbling or complaining because God is at work in me according to his good purpose. His mindset was, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing value and worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. His mindset was, my citizenship is in heaven. So whenever you have a mindset like that, it keeps you bringing, it keeps bringing you right back to a clear perspective that God is in control. Even with a mindset like that, this fourth robber still stands ready to help. This joy robber sneaks up on us by promising life but brings death, promises hope but brings distress. He's present everywhere you go because he lives inside of you. He's always waiting for an invitation to come out. What is this robber's name? His name 
is worry. And hands down, the number one killer of joy, worry. What Paul began to discover and teach others is that even in the most difficult circumstances, with major decisions about his life looming in the air, he didn't worry. There was so much Paul could have worried about and been anxious about. I want you to think about that. He was a political prisoner facing possible execution. His friends in Rome were divided in their attitudes toward his case. There was no mission board or legal aid society defending him. He could have worried about his poverty. He could have worried about the lack of unity in the church back in Philippi. He could have worried about whether or not he would be put to death or released. He could have, but he didn't because he had learned the secret of contentment. You see, worry creates leaks. Worry leads to anxiety. Worry lets the air out of the tires. It is a silent killer of joy. Therefore, it must be combated. And we combat worry with contentment. To win over worry, learn to be content. Contentment pushes out worry. Any worries out there? Anytime someone is a little late, you begin to worry. Someone you have not talked to in a while leaves you a voicemail before you begin to play it back. Worry sets into your heart. An unexpected bill comes in the mail and suddenly worry grips your heart. And just like that, joy has been kicked to the curb. Therefore, we must engage our minds in a battle. And the way we make worry flee, Paul kept his mind set on Christ. Cultivate the right kind of mind. And it's here with Jesus that he learns contentment and he has a secure mindset. His mind was secure because it was focused on Christ. Now, what do you worry about? For some, maybe I should ask, what do you not worry about? Many of us worry about circumstances and jobs, family members, friends, money, bills. Before long, we're even worrying about why we're worrying. But let me ask you, do you worry? Do I worry? It's a silly question. Is the Pope Catholic? Does the sun rise in the east? Is ice cold? Is water wet? Finally, do one-legged ducks swim in circles? All right, I'm done. But let me settle something for you. Things will change. They're not going to stay the same. For that reason, to find joy in everyday circumstances, we must focus on something that never changes. That's Jesus Christ and his love for you. In life, things change. Your current circumstances will change. People will disappoint you. Finally, everything you own will either be thrown away, rust away, or be owned by someone else one day. If you pin your joy to any of those items, you will always be disappointed. Paul found the secret. He had constant joy because his mind was centered on Christ. He had confidence because he knew that God's faithfulness was predictable. Paul tells us that we can replace worry with peace. Doesn't that sound like a good trade? He tells us how. It goes in this order. Rejoice in the Lord. Be gentle toward everyone. Pray about everything with God. Control what you think about. And he gives them a list of what to think about. If you're going to find joy in your everyday circumstances, it'll be because you're controlling your thoughts. Paul gave them a new setting for their mind. 
One minute they're at odds with each other, having trouble with each other, filled with anxiety and worry. And in the next moment, they realize they can live in peace, at peace with God and, and in contentment. That's what it means to have a secure mind. Again, this is not mere self-help or self-promotion. This is having the mind of Christ. Allow God to correct my thinking. That's what we're doing. Embracing truth and exposing lies, seeing life from a godly perspective and living out biblical truths. Notice the progression of the thought in chapter four. This is, this is interesting to me. Starting with chapter four, verse four, rejoice in the Lord always, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Finally, verse 19, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. To guard your heart, maybe you're wondering what you're supposed to do with your anxiety. Paul had just written about that. He told them to tell God about everything. The result of giving your anxiety to God is back in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It will guard your heart. It'll protect your heart. Some of you are so used to worrying that you have a high tolerance for it, right? Some even embrace it like it's a badge of honor, like it's my responsibility. My job is to worry. If I don't, who will? Like someone has to worry or the universe is going to suddenly shut down. You're worried and nervous, but aren't self-aware because you've grown tolerant. Problem is, it's killing you. It's like an addiction for you. Who would you be without the worry and anxiety? What would you talk about? And not only is it killing you, it's affecting all, all, all those who are around you. Your worry is robbing not only you of joy, but often, yeah, those whom you love, it's robbing them of joy as well. Christ can renew your mind though, but you must first choose to go on this journey with the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. What's the secret? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Paul was content whether he had plenty or whether he was in need, which he was here, and yet he was thankful for their generous and thoughtful gift. He wrote something interesting. He said that he was so glad that the believers had renewed their concern for him, and he had real need. He was under house arrest, but he wasn't thankful because he had a need that was met. He was thankful because of what it meant for them and what it said about them. He was thankful for their gift from the position of contentment. He was not worried. He was content. He had learned how to be content. He had learned how to set his mind on contentment. He did not turn off his mind. This is important. He used his mind. He consciously chose what mindset that he was going to have. He did that by setting his mind to focus on Christ. He had set his mind on things above, not on earthly things, just as he wrote in Colossians 3.2. He was content because his mind was focused on Jesus. This is what he wrote back to the people when he wanted to thank them for the financial gift. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment 
and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts that you sent. They're a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Do you see how Paul placed his focus back on God? Because he had a secure mindset, he could say, God is pleased with your gift and God will meet all of your needs. That's huge. Their focus was on helping Paul and rightly so, but because Paul's mindset was focused on Christ, he was able to turn their attention back to the Lord. What a blessing to be reminded of this truth that God is our protection and source of all that we will ever need to do what he has called us to do. Is there something that maybe you are worrying about right now, something that continues to be a pattern in your thought life? And maybe it's as small as worrying about people when they are late, or maybe it's a bigger, the bigger issues of what's next in life, how the bills are gonna get paid, what your children are gonna do with their lives, what retirement will look like, or if you will even be able to retire. Maybe it's worry over the world and our country and the direction that it's headed. Listen, you don't have to worry. We can be concerned and take action, but worry is not the same as concern. The two are different in this way. Worry is when the situation is controlling you and you're no longer controlling the situation and how you respond to it. Worry is concern gone haywire. Worry is best described as what if thinking. At least that's the way I describe it. Concern is more fact-based and geared towards action. When you're concerned, you see, when someone is late, you text them and you ask, why are you late? Worry begins to play out 15 different scenarios of how they've injured themselves on the way over and are likely lying in the ditch, getting chewed on by an oversized beaver. I don't know why beaver, but beaver. And our minds play out scenarios not based on reality. See, here's a worry. What if I can't fit into that dress? Here's if we're concerned. I'm gonna have to watch what I eat if I'm gonna fit into that dress. See, they're different. Here's a worry. What if I'm late? A concern would be, I'd better leave 15 minutes earlier to avoid construction delays. Worry would be, what if she says no? Well, if I'm concerned, I say whether she says yes or no, either way, I'll survive. A worry would be, this is a strange pain. What if it's serious? A concern would just be, well, if I'm uncomfortable tomorrow, I'll call the doctor. No sense assuming the worst. You don't have to worry, and that's my point. Yes, show concern for others, which leads to action. We're called as Christ followers, though, not to worry. Let's wrap up our conversation about mindset. What are the next steps? First, you start with a single mind, bottom line. You focus your mind on Christ. You can ask daily, have I been distracted? Second, develop a submissive mindset. Admit your failures. If you've been double-minded, confess it to God and then repent and submit your will, your attitude, your life to Christ and ask, have I been proud? Third, Develop a spiritual mind. Ask the Lord whether you are grasping at the past. Release yourself from the past. Forget what's behind you and strain 
for, toward what the Lord has for you in the future. And fourth, when you go to bed and when you wake up, ask God to give you a secure mind in him. Just ask him, Lord, am I worrying about anything? Dear saints, you are free to choose. Live according to your position as a saint and not your condition. Beware of the robbers of joy, circumstances, people, things, and worry. Do this, do this. Set your mind on Christ and you will soon discover joy in your everyday circumstances. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you have instructed us in this letter to the Philippians. You've instructed us to cast all of our care, all of our anxiety, all of our concerns and worry on you, and you have promised to replace it with your peace. Well, Father, we cast our anxiety, our worry, we, we cast it all on you. But Father, we do so with, thanks, with thanksgiving. We are so thankful, Father, to know you. We are so thankful for your forgiveness. We are so grateful and thankful for the way you provide for all of our needs. We are thankful, Father, that the, that the scripture is true, that you will provide everything we need to do what you have called us to do. Father, I pray for those who are listening and participating in this conversation, that who have been engaged in the past, over the past three to four weeks, just controlling their thought life and their, their mindset. I pray, Father, that they will never relent. They will never give up. They will always trust you. They will constantly look to you, Father, believing that eternity is in front of them. Father, I pray that you will release us from all that is behind us to live fully in the present and into the future in a way, Father, that brings you glory and in a way that is effective and productive. Father, we give you thanks for your forgiveness. We give you thanks for your mercy and we give you thanks for your grace. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this podcast, we post a new episode each week. So be sure to subscribe and leave us a review so you can help share our message. We'll see you next time.